0: You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, I want to tell you a story. And in this story, you're going to learn a lot. I'm going to be sharing with you my experience with approaching 27 girls. In eight hours. And I did this just a few days ago. So, no, this is not a story from years ago when I learned how to meet women. This is something I did literally the other day. And I'm so excited to share it with you because, like I said, you're going to learn a lot. And I want to go over some of the things that I went through to help you understand that I understand what it's like. If you didn't believe me before, believe me now, I know and understand what it's like to approach women and go through the experience of it. And it just reminded me of the challenges that happen when you do approach women. It reminded me of some of the obstacles that you go through when you're approaching women and and all of it. But it's, it's funny because even doing the approaches, I did predict how they were going to go. I know how an approach goes. I understand what happens in the approach. So, nothing was too surprising, at least to me. I didn't feel surprised or like something happened that I didn't think was going to happen. But it was just interesting being in that headspace again of a mass approach, right? Doing a day where you're doing a lot of volume. And I will admit, it has been a long time where I've done that volume. I think the last time I did that kind of volume, was a few years ago when I was in Eastern Europe and I was approaching women there and talking to women there. That's probably when I did that kind of volume. Although I don't think I ever did 27 approaches in one day, but definitely quite a bit leading up to to that number and just the other day. So You might be asking, well, why did I do that? Why did I approach 27 girls in an eight hour span, because you might have heard from a recent episode that I do have a girlfriend and will be eventually getting married. So, why did I do something like that? Well, the reason why I ended up doing it was because I just redid a whole course that I have. Some of you already have access to this because you have purchased it. Or you are in my coaching program, so you have access to this program. The program is called In Field Breakdown, where I do approaches, or at least I should say, now I do approaches. The old program was one of my students. So I captured one of my students doing approaches. I wanted to show what I was able to teach someone, but now I wanted to redo the program to include me doing approaches so you could learn even more. So, any of you who already have infield breakdown, you are going to get the 2.0 version. There is no fee to upgrade or anything like that. You're just gonna see in your members area that all the videos of me approaching are going to be there. I want to say this is not this is not launching right now. This is not something that you can get. I mean, you can get it today if you'd like to, and you'll see one of my students doing the approaches, but I will announce when everything's edited because after doing all those approaches, they need to be edited. They were all filmed by a videographer that I used when I was in New York City. So it is not ready. It's not launched. Of course, like I said, you can go buy it now if you want to, but you're not going to see the approaches of me in there. And I will I will tell you on the podcast when it comes out and launch it and give you a, a page to, to go get it and all that good stuff. But yeah, that was the reason why I did it. I wanted to redo that program. Also, if you know my program called Hooked, there's no examples in Hooked Of approaches and there needs to be a few examples in there because there needs to be demonstrations of how it's done and I didn't I wasn't able to ever get those or even to be honest think about getting those but I realized you know what hooked needs to have that it needs to have the examples of the approaches so uh, I'm gonna take a few of the clips that I got from the other day and when it's done being edited it will automatically be in the hooked program if you don't know what I'm talking about hooked is my video course it's the course that is about eight to 10 hours long that teaches you everything about how to build attraction, how to approach women, even gives you some tips on online dating. But more importantly, it gives you the whole structure to understand why women become attracted and hooked on a guy, and then gives you the techniques so you know how to do it and you can implement it whenever you're talking to a woman, whenever you meet a woman, whenever you go on a date with a woman. So it's my core program. You can check that out at getterhook.com. Again, FYI, if you're getting this soon after the release of this episode, it might not be updated yet with the approaches and the the infield footage, but it will be there, and you will eventually see it there. So you can even still get it today, and it will automatically be upgraded. And I just want to let you know, I'm always upgrading programs. So any of you who have any of the programs in the TripAdvice members area, we upgrade them all. We're always adding stuff. We're also sometimes taking things away that we don't think is is necessary. So this program is con- like an ocean, constantly churning, constantly moving and always being updated to be the best that it can be. That's one of the best reasons to always be in the members area, checking out stuff and seeing what's going on in there and of course getting the programs. So if you want those programs, the links are in these show notes. You can check those out. But yeah, I just wanted to... to Tell you that that is the reason why I ended up doing that mass approaching day. And I want to give you some stats. So let's get into it. So the stats were of around 27 girls that I approached in eight hours. And that does include nighttime approaches, although I didn't spend enough time at night. And I'll explain why in a second. But the stats were I ended up getting, let's see, I think it was eight. Yeah, I think it was 11. So I ended up getting 11 numbers. So that was about a, you know, I would say a little bit more than 33% in terms of the ratio. And then we can think about, okay, well, which one of those or how many of those will convert to an actual date? So I don't know yet. I am going to text these girls. I know it seems kind of sad that I'm going to be texting these girls to set up a date and then. I'm just going to cancel the date. But you know what? I don't feel too bad. They'll get over it. You know, these conversations were anywhere from two minutes to seven minutes. It's not going to be the end of the world. But the reason why I'm going to try to text and set up dates is so I can show you how to do that in the programs and you can see exactly how to do that. But if I had to guess how many of those will convert to a date, I think that out of 11, maybe about four or five, Would probably convert to a date. Maybe more. I'm giving what I think is on the lower end, but I think, yes, somewhere around four or five, maybe say four at the minimum would convert. How do I know that for sure? I can just tell from some of the interactions. Some of the interactions happened really fast and were interactions that I feel probably won't go anywhere. There wasn't much of a connection there, but other approaches that I did. We were sitting there talking for a little bit, or at least I felt in even in the short ones, like in a two to three minute one, we were just able to connect. it's hard to explain how I can tell. It's just I've done this so many times that I just have that gut feeling of when I know this person will be interested in seeing me again. And when I know this person is 50 50, like who knows? So my guess is about four would convert. I'll give you some updated stats As I continue to do the podcast. So, as you keep listening, you'll hear more if you're interested. And out of all 27, so now let's talk about the rejections. So, okay, so 11 gave numbers. So, what happened with the other ones? The other ones, it was a lot of very quick rejections. A quick rejection is where you go up to a woman and you say, Hey, you give the opener. My opener was. Hey, two seconds, I wanted to say hi, or I wanted to come meet you. It was always a little bit different, but always around that same idea. Hey, two seconds, I wanted to come meet you. Hey, two seconds, I wanted to say hi. That was for the daytime. And so the quick rejections were them saying, hey, kind of startled, kind of scared, and then walking away. And it was really interesting, something that I found, is when I was doing these approaches, a bunch of the, like I said, rejections, right? It's like I did 27, got 11 numbers, and I would say, maybe out of all those, I don't know, 15 were very quick rejections, the quick ones that I said. It was either they gave a quick rejection or they didn't. So What I mean is if they weren't giving a quick rejection, then they were staying in with me and I was most of the time able to get a number. It was very rare that I was able to get someone to stop and talk to me if it was a quick rejection. And that is going to happen to you, my friend, and that is something that is really important for you to know so you can practice getting better at meeting women in person. Is that you're going to get a high rejection rate that happens off the bat. You might even already know this if you're going out and doing this. And you cannot be discouraged I mean look at that. That happened to me over 15 times. It didn't happen necessarily in a row, but there was definitely some streaks where it just happened maybe 4 or 5 times in a row. And as I was going through the process, I remember how discouraging it can get. I remember how discouraging it can get because when you're getting all those rejections, you just feel like no one wants to talk to you. But you got to really keep your head up. So I'm telling you this, as for you not to be discouraged to know that sometimes it takes a lot of approaches if you do it correctly to get them to stop and talk to you. And I'll admit, I wasn't 100% perfectly on my game. I think I did very, very well the other day when I did this. Would I give myself an A++? No, I'd say I'd give myself like an A-. I did pretty good, you know, for for the fact that I haven't done this mass approaching in a while. But I want to be very fair. It was an A minus. I think when you end up watching these approaches, if you end up ever getting infield breakdown or you see these in hooked, you might not be able to tell. But there's things that I know that I did where I was like, oh, I could have done that better. And of course, you know, sometimes when you're in the moment, it's hard. But this is the whole thing. I, I was going through these approaches and i was like oh you know i got to fix that for the next one i kept on tweaking 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 and make sure i was fixing it for the next one and i knew all the little tiny errors that i was making that i knew that if i were to do this let's say a week later or even the next day i would have been able to fix those and tweak some of the errors that i knew i was making and within a couple of weeks gone back up to like an a plus cuz those are the tiny things that are going to make me better and For you, you need to be aware of the tiny things that you need to fix as you're doing the approaches. So, One example for one thing that I needed to tweak was there was definitely some approaches where I could have gotten in front of her more or continued conversation. Where I definitely exited a little fast because I maybe thought it was a rejection, but now I look back and go, you know what, I think if I just stayed in there a little bit longer, even five seconds longer, I could have continued a conversation. So there was a few in there I could have given a little bit more of a chance. So that's one thing that you can learn from when you're going out and doing this is really pay attention. Is she really rejecting you? There's the very clear ones where she's like, "Hey, no, hi, goodbye" and just keeps on walking past you. Or there's ones where she kind of does stop even though she's kind of startled. And you may actually want to stay in there, even though it's a little bit uncomfortable, and even though you think it may be a rejection. So, that's one thing that I would have tweaked that I could have done better. Now, I want to say also in this day, when I say I approached all these girls, it was not just during the day, it was at night too, and it was in all different forms. That's why I wanted to film this because I wanted to show you guys all the different ways that you can approach a majority of them. I did in the hardest fashion, which is walking. Not just the hardest, but the most common, which is a girl's walking, right? A woman's walking, and you need to stop her. So I have a lot of examples of me stopping one or stopping two or stopping many women as they're walking. There's even a group approach in there. And so I did all these different types of approaches. And my friend, you would be shocked at how many women will stop and talk to you. I mean, also there's a lot of women that didn't, but of course it was a it was a long day of, of doing approaches, but you'd be surprised how many women will actually stop and talk to you. But you have to do a lot. That's the thing, I, I'm not gonna BS you. Now you don't have to do 27 in a day. That's quite a bit. I only did 27 in a day because I wanted to get everything recorded and I had one day to get it done. So I had to do that, but you can do about you can do 10 in a day easily. In about an hour and a half, you could do 10, and most of those might be rejections or them just saying, "Oh no, thank you." And then about a third of them or maybe half of them will talk to you, and then a third of them you could get their number. And then if you're doing that multiple times per week or you're doing that, you know, multiple times at least the course of a month, you could absolutely with enough work convert those into dates. You might try this for the first time ever and it might not work, but over time, you tweak and tweak and you get better and you learn the mistakes that you're making. And then you'll end up getting more numbers, which will then convert to more dates. And you'd be surprised, man. I know I keep saying that, but it's true. You'd be surprised. Women do want to talk to you, they do want to meet you. I think that they actually enjoy it. I think. There is something, and this is a funny way I'm going to describe this, but I think you'll understand what I'm saying. There is something retro. It's like almost, I feel like it's cool retro to be approaching a woman because it doesn't happen anymore because everyone's meeting online. So That's something that I think now women are seeing like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is just a theory. I don't know if this is 100% true. I have not surveyed or talked to women about it. I mean, a little bit I have and, and women do like to be approached. But I just have this theory that they enjoy it. It's analog in a way. <laughs> it's a funny way of putting it analog. It's old school. So I think it is not only just appreciated, but I actually think it's appreciated more these days. And you might think or you might have read, because there's a lot of you know feminism, uh how do I say not literature, but you just hear The feminists, they're loud on social media. You hear what people are saying, maybe you hear things through YouTube videos or podcasts or whatever it may be. Maybe you've heard that women don't like to be approached. And listen, it is true. There are some women out there who do not like to be approached. That is a fact. But there's a lot of women who do. I probably encountered about, if I had to guess, about 10 of those approaches were girls who didn't want to be approached maybe they had a boyfriend or something or who knows, they were startled. And then I would say about, let's see, that's 17. I don't know, maybe five of them probably did want to be approached, but were startled and I could have maybe continued conversation. And I think there was only a couple of approaches that I ended up doing where I was in conversation, but it didn't lead anywhere because they like didn't live there. What's funny is I think I only got one boyfriend, rejection. and I say that that's funny because that is a common rejection that a lot of women will say. I was also doing this in New York City, however. I think if I was doing this in Chicago or any other small town, I would have gotten a lot of, oh, I have a boyfriend. I think that in New York City, especially when you're approaching women who are in their 20s to late 20s, maybe even early 30s, there's a lot of single women. In New York City. And I had to make that conclusion on my own. It was just my own theory of why didn't I get a lot of boyfriend? I have a boyfriend rejection. And I didn't get any I have a husband rejection because I'm very good. I used to do this all the time. So I'm very quick at this where I'd look real quick to see if they have a ring. I know where to look. And then if they don't, I go for it. I just don't want to waste my time. Like I don't need to practice doing approaches. If if I was you, by the way, and you are newer, so if you're listening to this and you're newer to approaches, I would not look for the ring. Just do an approach. It's just you need more of that practice. Because I remember when I first started, I did not do that as much because I didn't even think about it. But I'm glad that I didn't because I got more practice in. But now, especially for the other day, it's I wanted to get these things filmed and I didn't have time to do an approach where I knew it was going to lead to, oh I have a husband. So I was very cognizant of were they wearing a ring or not. Now, I want to also mention, so I, I did go out at night, and at night, I was able to I, I batted 100 percent. So even though, I mean that's, that doesn't say much, I only approached about three or four women at night. It was a very low amount. And by the way, I'm not saying any of this to show off to you at all. I'm just giving you exactly what happened and I'm trying to tell you as much as I can and what I remember so you can learn from it. Of course, you're going to learn a lot more when you see the approaches and you see me breaking it down in the program, but I want to give you as much as I I can off the top of my head. So Anyway, I did about three approaches at night. The reason why is because, oh my gosh, it is so hard to film. Night, we were doing hidden camera so hidden camera during the day, by the way, which is hard enough. I I think I would have been able to approach even more women in eight hours. Eight, you know, you might break that down and go, You might even think, Well, let's see, actually, let's do the math here. Okay, so 3.375, so I was doing 3.375 per hour. That is really low, but the reason why that happened in eight hours. Is because we were taking multiple breaks. We were walking around all day. We were trying to film it there were some times when I'd try to do an approach and my videographer just couldn't film it to get the best angle of it. So if I actually had eight hours and didn't have to think anything about, oh, this is being filmed to try to get the best angle and all that stuff, I would have been able to do more. And again, you don't have to do that. You don't have to go out for eight hours and do approaches. You can go out for like, 60 minutes or 90 minutes, even two hours at the most to do this. So, going back to what I was saying about the nighttime, is nighttime was really hard to film. It's very dark. We also had to wait in long lines. We did not leave early enough. And so, we'd enter a venue and it'd be so okay. Well, I'll just tell you the story. So, first, I got a bunch of tips of where to go. And I know this sounds obvious, but uh, most of these places were so dark. And I know that that's how it is when you go to bars and clubs and things like that. But I've been to plenty of bars where it's not that dark. I'm talking it's like almost pitch black. Like you, you can barely make out what the person looks like unless you're really close to them. So that was a problem. And the first bar we went to, we waited in line for about, I want to say 20 minutes. And we got in and we looked at each other, me and my videographer. And we go, holy shit, it's so dark in here. And there's, And it's so small. And there's bars everywhere, so we're we're lucky that we have a lot of options. But it's you know we didn't know. I got a I thought I knew. I got a bunch of tips from this other coach, this female coach that, that or no, she's a matchmaker actually. She lives in New York and, and gave me some ideas. But I guess it's my fault. I did not describe exactly what I was looking for. So we're in this place, and I look around. And I go, okay, well, let's just try to get the approach. I mean, even the audio is fine. There's not much to see, anyways. In the approach. I mean, maybe a little bit of touching, but not much. So I ended up going into the bar, looking around. It was so small, and there was only one good approach I could do. There was only one good one that had the right angle where I could get at least something filmed. So I did one approach there, ended up getting a number, and then I was like, all right, we got to leave. Went to another bar. We waited in line for another 20 minutes until we get to the front. And he says, sorry, bottle service only. And he wasn't doing that to any of the other people. So I don't know what it was. I thought I was dressed pretty well. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe it was just right at that time where they were only letting guys in if they were going to buy bottles. So we basically got rejected unless we wanted to spend a grand on bottles, which we were not drinking that night. We had a whole other agenda. So we left there, had to find another place. The next place that we went into. We waited in line for about 30 minutes. Again, thank, thankfully it was not cold outside, not too bad at least. And we get in and now this is a lot better because it was a rooftop. And the rooftop, there was more lighting. So it was half r- rooftop with a pool and then inside was a bar. And so then we got a couple of good approaches there. One had a boyfriend. The second one, I ended up talking to them for like 15 minutes, got a number there. And then it was getting late. We almost gave up at that point because it was just an exhausting day and these waiting in line at these bars for 30 minutes just to get one approach in. It just was not efficient. So we ended up going to the hotel bar where I was staying. And I was just going out. At this point, we almost gave up. We just went back to the hotel. And then I realized, oh, there's a hotel bar here. So I said okay, let's we're still let's just keep going, let's try one more. We went up to the hotel bar, got another approach in, unfortunately also very dark, but the audio is crisp, which is the most important. And ended up getting that. So, long-winded of saying there's a lots of approaches you could do in theory or actually I, I kind of take that back. When you go well, the bars that we went to in New York, there was not a lot Of options. I'd say the first bar like one or two, the second bar there was uh, two or three, and then the third one there was maybe two or three because they were small. If you want to make this more efficient for yourself and you're trying to do nighttime approaches, First of all, it might take a little bit in your city of, New York is huge, so there's it's endless there, but I know not everyone lives in New York. so In your city, you might know right away where the places are, but it might take a little bit of effort to figure out after you're going out and you're checking out bars, which ones are going to be the best. When I say the best, I just mean, are there a lot of opportunities to approach? Not about being dark or light. That was just for us for video purposes. But for you, it's going to be about options. Now, if you're having a good time, and you're going out with your boys, whatever, it doesn't matter. But if you're going out specifically to do approaches, it's really good to know which ones are going to get you a lot of approaches. For example, I know which bars in LA, because I lived there for nine years, I know which ones that I would have gone to to do the filming or just in general to do get a lot of approaches and I know which ones to go to. And so it's good for you to know which ones can you go to so it's more efficient, so you can do a bunch. You don't have to be out for several hours. That might occur, though. like if I was going to stay in one of those places, I'd have to stay there for a couple of hours. If I decided not to leave and wanted to stay in one place, I would need at least two hours there to see the influx of women coming in and be able to do the approaches. It's a little bit of a waste of time. You can go out and you can get a bunch done in one hour. But the thing is, is you have to test. You have to test to see which are going to be the places that are going to be the best. So that's going to be very important for you. Let's talk about approach anxiety now. Let's talk about how I felt when I was doing these approaches because it was really interesting, right? It's been, it's been a little bit since I've done an approach like this. And I have to say that no matter what, you as a human, you're not immune to approach anxiety. So you better believe that I felt it. The only difference is, is how I dealt with it versus how I would have dealt with it if this was 10 years ago. So if this was 10 years ago, I might go out for, I don't know, three hours, maybe four hours and do Barely any approaches, maybe just one. Actually, I should probably date it a little a little longer. Trip Advice has been around for eleven years. When did I start doing approaches? Uh, that was maybe thirteen or fourteen years ago. And at that time, my approach anxiety was miserable. I get guys on the phone who I talk to who are interested in coaching, and they say, "You know, are you are you sure, Trip? Are you sure you can help me?" Because My approach anxiety is really bad, like it might be worse than any of your students and I say, listen, forget my students. I wonder if it's worse than me and then I'll ask them, I'll say, have you ever done an approach before? And They say, yeah, I've done a couple and I say, okay, well, then there you go. That's absolutely not as bad as I had it because when I was going out, I was barely approaching or talking to anyone. And it's funny that, you know, whatever it is, 14, 15 years later, now it's it's still there. And when I say it's still there, it's still there in the physiological sense. I, I don't know if the physiological part ever really goes away. I think that that's still always going to be there, meaning the way that my body responds to it. So when I'm out there, and i was doing these approaches i felt the adrenaline pump in i felt that fight or flight response kick in and i was so aware of it and i was almost laughing at it i was the observer in that moment i was observing the thoughts and i was observing what i was feeling in my body and it was just hilarious because i was never so in tune with what it felt like i was like i mean why i was at one point but now i'm so in tune and so aware of it it was it was just kind of making me laugh it was like okay i saw a woman and i wanted to go and approach her and all of a sudden boom it just kicks in you feel that tingle in your chest and you feel like a little weak almost like a, a slight bit dizzy and I would laugh at it because it would be, it's sort of an, an uncomfortable feeling, right? As you might know when you're going out to a, approach women, that fight or flight feeling is sort of uncomfortable. It just depends on what you want to do with it and how you interpret it. So I tell guys, and I was doing this in the moment, I was interpreting it as adrenaline and excitement versus nervousness and weakness and, and fear. Okay, so I want you to really pay attention to that one. Maybe rewind 15 seconds to hear that again, okay? It's really how I was interpreting it. And I was interpreting it to be an exciting, fun moment, which it is. It's fun to approach women. It's fun to get into conversations with women that you're talking to. And honestly, it was just fun for me to do this because I was thinking of you. I was thinking of the guys who are going to watch this. I was even thinking of the guys who are listening to the podcast that I'm going to be able to tell these stories to, and that's what got me excited. Is I can't wait to get some approaches, in so guys can see how it's done, what it looks like, and learn from it. And it's going to be really cool for them. So I just got really excited for it. For you, it might be a little bit different. Your excitement could be this could be a girl that I can take home. I can get she can be a girl that I go on a date with that I, I end up being her boyfriend. She's my girlfriend. Maybe she becomes a wife one day. Maybe she's just a fun woman to to sleep with and have sexual experiences with. There's a lot of excitement around going up to and talking to women. So these are ways that you can reinterpret the physiological response that your body is having to these approaches. And so I noticed this fight or flight response. I interpreted it as fun and exciting. And then I went up. And I did the approach. And here's what happens. So here's what happens in the approach is once you go over an approach, you still have that feeling. It might be even elevated even more because now you're talking to the person. So it sort of distracts you a little bit and you have to stay really focused. But one thing I noticed is that once you're talking to them, if you can get to a point where you're talking to them for let's say a minute or a minute and a half. That spike of adrenaline starts to decrease, which is good. You start to relax a little bit. I think you're still on a level that's above normal. It's not this. You're not feeling the same as you are if you're just sitting at home alone and and watching TV or reading a book or sitting in a coffee shop looking at your phone or whatever it is. So you still have this elevated feeling. However, it does drop. The peak is over. And you can sort of relax a little bit, and it helps with focusing in on the conversation that you're having with the woman. So you do start to chill, and it starts to become a little bit easier. And so I'm saying this to you because I want you to know that when you start to do this, if you can get past a minute, if you have approach anxiety, then it starts to go down a little bit. Here's another thing that's interesting. So, I told you that it's been a little bit since I've done these approaches. So, the physiological response and the way that my body was feeling when I was doing these approaches was, was pretty intense. This is on a macro level. So, it was intense, but it did not last all day. In fact, it starts to dip pretty hard as you do more approaches. So, as you know, I did about 20 to 30 approaches. So, as time went on, it just, and in the day, it just felt kind of normal. I didn't even feel a lot of that fight or flight response anymore. I think maybe the whole time I did have a higher adrenaline or maybe cortisol level in a sense, but I didn't feel any more of those crazy spikes. It started to go down. And this is why I say to guys who I'm doing coaching with, is that when you're going out and you're talking to women, you got to get through a few and you got to do a bunch of warmups to get past that part. And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes like five to 10 approaches to start to just calm your body and your mind a little bit. And I noticed that that happened too. Is that every time I would go and talk to another woman, I wouldn't have that big spike in that feeling. It was only in the first maybe third of the day that that was happening and as time went on it was just kind of like okay i didn't feel it anymore here's something else i noticed so i know we talked a lot here about the physiological response but what about the the mental response my brain what it was saying to me it was interesting because still all those things came up all those excuses came up and i'll admit sometimes i did let them get to me but then i realized this is so funny this is this is you know, such I just remember this coming back every single time I take a break from approaches. Cause there's been various parts in my life where I've been in relationships and I don't do approaches and then the relationship ends. And so then I'm back out there. And it was just another reminder of those little excuses that come in your head. And they're so nonsensical. It's it's hilarious. You just think, oh, she she's trying to get somewhere. You don't want to interrupt her. You get that excuse popping in your head. You get an excuse that, oh, there's a guy waiting for her. It's like things that just don't make sense about why would there be a guy waiting for her at the bar, maybe, but that could make sense. But when you're doing approaches during the day, the other one is, oh, there's people around. Actually, I'll tell you a funny story. This, This happened. So I ended up doing an approach. It was a girl on a bench. She was next to two other girls on a bench. And I knew she was alone because there was a, a quite a bit of separation, and that one single girl was not talking to the other two girls. So I knew when I was going to go over and approach her, we were going to have an audience. I knew that those girls were going to be listening. So this was one of the rejections that happened that day. I went over, I approached the girl, and she looked at me like I was crazy because that's going to happen. You're going to go over and you're going to do some approaches, and they're going to look at you like you're nuts. So I just went over and said, "Hey, two seconds. I wanted to come over and say hi." And I was like, "Where are you from?" And. She looked at me like I was crazy. She was answering the questions. I wouldn't say she looked scared, but she just looked confused. That was probably my interpretation. She looked confused. And the two girls next to her were clearly listening and sort of looking over at her. And maybe about 45 seconds in, the girl who was in the group of two, looks over to the girl that I was talking to and says, hey, what's going on? I think I know you. Yeah, remember me? I can't believe we didn't even realize that we were sitting here. And obviously it was a lie. She was just saying that to protect her. And I found that so interesting that in this type of approach, a another female who was listening was immediately ready to protect her fellow woman who was getting approached by me with very normal, not intrusive types of questions. And in that moment, I felt a little bit of anger pop up. I was like, oh, this is so annoying. Like, why is she protecting this woman? I'm not doing anything harmful. And I would hope that she could and I put in air quotes protect herself. Obviously I'm not going to do anything. And so and when that happened, I was completely aware of, of what was going on and cuz the other woman was like, "Oh, hey, yeah, hi." So she played along with it. And so I said, "Okay, you know, nice to meet you. Have a good day." I just kind of laughed. It was like, "Okay, that was that was done." I really didn't have time to to sit there and try to make make anything come of that. And so I was a little Annoyed at that point because I was thinking again, the approach that I did was was so beyond harmless. But then I remembered that one of the most important things for women is safety. So I started to empathize with the situation a little bit. And I started to empathize with what all three of them were going through, right? You had one person who I was talking to who seemed maybe uncomfortable. Again, I didn't interpret it as that. I think more just kind of like confused of like what's going on here. And so she was a little bit confused, maybe looked uncomfortable. The girls over to my right who were noticing this interpreted her as feeling uncomfortable. I guess they were right because the other woman, I keep on, by the way, switching over girl and woman. It's just a habit. But the girl I was talking to played along. So I guess they were right. She did not want to be approached in that moment. So, what does this mean for you? I don't want to tell you this story to discourage you. Because I have to let you know, so many women responded just fine to the approach. In fact, some women even told me, I'm so glad you came over to say hi to me. In fact, one of the girls that I approached, she was like, You got to take my number. I didn't even get to the point where I asked her for a number. She's like, You, you got to take my number. So you have to understand that you are going to get a wide variety of responses to this and do not let those ones throw you off it is true not every woman wants to be approached it's just how it is but there's something in there that's very important what I'm saying to you it's only a handful that doesn't want to be approached there are still so many women out there that are totally cool with it and more than cool with it they invite it in they're happy that you did it So I'm telling you that story, again, not to discourage you, but just to let you know that, yeah, once in a while that's going to happen. It happened to me. It happened more than once. Not to that point where you had a stranger who was listening and protecting. Because by the way, there was another girl that I approached on a bench and she was next to a couple. And that girl was so interested in our conversation and so excited to be talking to me. And so you just never know. And what you're doing is not illegal. It's not unethical by any means. You're starting a conversation with a stranger. It's totally okay. And while some women are not going to welcome it, that should not stop you because there are so many other women who will. So when you're out there and you're doing these approaches and you get a few of those so-called rejections where the girls just aren't ready to be having a conversation with you, they're on their way somewhere, They seem startled. They seem confused. They seem uncomfortable. That's going to happen. And I want you to know that you're going to experience that. To assume that a number of approaches are going to be like that. But I don't want that to deter you. I guess the idea here is kind of like swiping on an app. So what do you do? You swipe on an app and when you're interested you swipe right and when you're not interested you swipe left and what happens other women are also swiping right and swiping left so there's a lot of women who are interested there's a lot of women who are not interested i'd say for most guys most women are not interested but there's going to be a handful that are interested so does that mean you should stop doing online dating because your majority are not interested well no of course you you realize that most guys can't get every single girl and that's okay. You don't need to get every single girl. Not even close. I always like to use this numbers game. Let's say you're looking for a wife or a girlfriend. How many girls do you need? You only need one. You only need one. Let's say you want to not get a girlfriend and you're only looking to have fun and have casual sex. What's that number to you? Just think of that number is that number and in, in, like really high like 500 you might be thinking well 500 that's a lot Tripp. like I don't really know if I need or want to sleep with 500 women okay is it lower is it is it 300 200 100 those numbers are not very high with the amount of women that you have available to you on earth 500 is an insane number by the way to be sleeping with 500 women most guys aren't doing that. I would put it at most guys. If they're really putting a lot of effort into just sleeping with women, not getting a girlfriend and are really giving it their all for several years and just having fun, sleeping with women, maybe they're around 100, something like that. So Let's just call it that number. That number is not a large number in the sense where that's 100 women that are saying yes to you, that are interested in you, that are going on dates with you, that are sleeping with you. That's a small number. In the scheme of how many women are available for you to be with. So it's okay. My point here is it's okay that most of these women are saying no or are not interested. In fact, there's lots of women that you're saying no to because when you're walking around, I mean, think about this. The other day, when I'm doing this, I'm walking around, I'm looking for women to approach. And so for me, it was a little bit different because I was getting these on camera and filming it and all that. But still, I was looking for specific women. How many women did I say no to? A lot. And what does this mean? This means that I wasn't approaching them, right? The women I did not approach are the women I basically rejected in a sense. I chose not to go talk to them. So even I or you who are going out to do approaches and talk to women you're rejecting a certain amount. You're only picking a few and that's fine. That's okay. So Understand that. Really take that in. Take some of this information in and understand that as you do this process, you're not trying to get a ton of girls to say yes. And it is a numbers game, so you do have to put yourself out there to get those yeses, to get those numbers, to get those dates. And that's just part of the process. And I think the sooner that you realize that, the sooner that you're going to be able to get better at this and understand the expectations from a process like this. And everything with this is mindset, by the way. It's all mindset. There's not much body language you need to know. There's not much conversation skill that you need to know. You could really go up and say some pretty boring shit. I'm telling you right now, I was not saying anything too crazy. Sometimes I did. Sometimes I did, but in order to start the conversation, it was always two seconds I wanted to say hi. Or if I was at a bar, it was, hey, what's up? That's it. Coming in pretty assertive, not shy. And then my body language, I, it was nothing. I don't know, I was just standing there. Sometimes my hands were in my pockets a little bit. Sometimes they were just let loose. I was giving good eye contact. So there's only a few things you need to know in terms of the technical skill, but with the actual mindset and the body exhaustion that you go through, it's that that needs to be a little bit more focused. And I'll say this too. I took frequent breaks so it was I was going out for whatever it was eight 10 hours something like that around there and I was taking frequent breaks just to re- just to relax my body like you know walking around all day. I was making sure I was eating but I wasn't eating too heavy it was just like chicken and, and greens and things like that drinking a lot of water so really prepping my you probably don't have to do that on the level that I was because I, I went out for all day and night. But if you're going out, you really want to say, "Hey, I want to do a three-hour stint where I'm going out and approaching as many women as I can." Make sure you eat beforehand. Make sure you are well hydrated. So get your body prepped because it also gets your mind prepped. Think about what happens in your mind when you're really hungry. What happens? Well, it it starts to become hard to focus. Other emotions come into play, like anger, and right? you don't want that during a process like this. So make sure your body is just ready for this kind of experience if you're doing a mass approaching like I did on this level. Well, It was a, a really great day, exhausting for sure. Big props to my videographer who just was killing it with me. We were super undercover trying to get the best shots. It was a fun day. It was great. I think you're going to learn a lot. So. So get ready. We're gonna first put some of these approaches inside of Hooked. So if any of you have Hooked, don't worry; it's a free upgrade. You're just gonna see. I'm also redoing Hooked. I should mention that. So that's one of the reasons why I ended up doing these approaches because I'm gonna redo the core program Hooked. And if you again, if you already have it, it's gonna be already automatically upgraded for you. It's not happening yet. I'll make an announcement when it is. So, all of you who have it can check it out. Any of you who don't have it can get it and get the new version 2.0. And inside of that are going to be some of these approaches so you can see what it's like because Hooked is a whole program that teaches you everything from going out to meeting women in person and also how to meet women online briefly, but more so about. The whole process, just like what is the whole process of attraction? How do you build attraction with women? How does it work in terms of your behaviors plus your outer qualities? So, what are all the things that you need to do to become an attractive guy? And then, how do you use that to go out and to meet women online and in person? So, that's why we're going to have some examples in there. And Then the rest of the approaches are going to be in infield breakdown, which is another separate program that just is about approaching women in person, infield, right? Infield footage and me breaking it down. So what's cool is I'm not going to just have the videos just slapped in the members area, but it's going to be actual breaking it down. So me explaining everything that I was doing and everything that I was trying to use in terms of getting... The girl that I was talking to attracted and getting to a point where I could flow the conversation into a number. So it's all going to be broken down and explained. Again, that is not live yet. You can get infield breakdown today if you would like and see footage from one of my best students doing approaches. And then you'll get the free upgrade when it comes. But that's something we'll be working on soon and I will announce it here. I hope this helped. I hope that this was something that you could take and use when you're going out and doing approaches. and I want you to take some of the lessons that I've learned. Of course, a lot of this stuff was already things that I've been telling you over the years and other instances and episodes where I've discussed this topic, but I wanted to just really zone in on the experience since it was so fresh. Hope it helped. All the links for the different programs that I've mentioned are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.